Chapter Twenty Three of the Golden Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Golden Silence by Alice Muriel and Charles Norris Williamson chapter twenty three on the top of a pale golden hill partly sand partly rock rises a white wall with square squat towers which look north and south east and west the wall and the towers together are like an ivory crown set on the hill's brow and from a distance the effect is very barbaric very impressive for all the country round about is wild and desolate along the southern horizon the desert goes billowing in waves of gold and rose and violet that fade into a fainter violet of the sky and nearer there are strange little mountains which guard the oasis of bosada like a wall reared to hide a treasure from some dreaded enemy and even the sand is heaped in fantastic shapes resembling a troop of tawny beasts crouched to drink from deep pools of purple shadow northward the crumbled waste rolls away like prairie land or ocean faint green over yellow brown as if grass seed had been sprinkled sparsely on a stormy sea and by some miracle had sprouted and in brown wastes bright emerald patches gleam vivid and fierce as serpents eyes ring round with silver far away to the east floats the mirage of a lake calm as a blue lagoon westward where desert merges into sky are high tablelands and flat-topped mountains with carved sides desert architecture such as might have suggested egyptian temples and colossal sphinxes along the rough desert track beneath the hill where bald stones break through sandy earth camels come and go passing from south to north from north to south marching slowly with rhythmic gait as if to the sound of music which only they can hear glancing from side to side with unutterable superciliousness looking wistfully here and there at some miniature oasis thrown like a dark prayer carpet on the yellow sand two or three in a band they go led by desert men in blowing white or again in a long train of twelve or twenty their legs a moving lattice their heart-shaped feet making a soft swishing pad-pad on the hard road the little windows of the squat domed towers on the hill are like eyes that spy upon this road small dark and secret eyes very weary of seeing nothing better than camels since old days when there were riazas and wars something worth shutting stout gates upon when after three days of travelling victoria came southward along this road and looked between the flapping carriage curtains at the white wall that crowned the dull gold hill her heart beat fast for the thought of the golden silence sprang to her mind the gold did not burn with the fierce orange flames she had seen in her dreams it was a bleached and faded gold 
melancholy and almost sinister in color yet it would pass for gold and a great silence brooded where prairie blended with desert she asked no questions of maeddine for that was a rule she had laid upon herself but when the carriage turned out of the rough road it had followed so long and the horses began to climb a stony track which wound up the yellow hill to the white towers she could hardly breathe for the throbbing in her breast always she had only to shut her eyes to see sadie standing in a high white place gazing westward through a haze of gold what if this were the high white place what if already si maeddine was bringing her to sadie they had only been three days on the way so far it was true and she had been told that the journey would be very very long still arabs were subtle and si maeddine may have wanted to test her courage looking back upon those long hours now towards evening of the third day it seemed to victoria that she had been travelling for a week in the swaying curtained carriage with the slow trotting mules just at first there had been some fine scenery to hold her interest far-off mountains of grim shapes dark as iron and spotted with snow as a leopard is spotted with scales then had come low hills following the mountains nameless to her because maeddine had not cared to name them and the blue lakes of iris flowing over wide plains but by and by the plains flattened to dullness a hot wind ceaselessly flapped the canvas curtains and leila mabarka sighed and moaned with the fatigue of constant motion there was nothing but plain endless plain and victoria had been glad for her own sake as well as the invalids when the night followed the first day they had stopped on the outskirts of a large town partly french partly arab passing through and on to the house of a saeed who was a friend of si maeddine's it was a primitively simple house even humble it seemed to the girl who had as yet no conception of the bareness and lack of comfort according to western ideas of arab country houses nevertheless when after another tedious day they rested under the roof of a village adel an official below a seyade the first house seemed luxurious in contrast during this last third day victoria had been eager and excited because of the desert through one gate of which they had entered she felt that once in the desert she was so close to sadie in spirit that they might almost hear the beating of each other's hearts but she had not expected to be near her sister in body for many such days to come and the wave of joy that surged over her soul as the horses turned up the golden hill towards the white towers was suffocating in its force the nearer they came the less impressive seemed the building after all it was not the great arab stronghold it had looked from far away but a fortified farmhouse a century old at most climbing the hill too victoria saw that the golden colour was partly due to a monstrous swarm of ochre-hued locusts large as young canary birds which had settled 
thick as yellow snow over the ground they were resting after a long flight and there were millions and millions of them covering the earth in every direction as far as the eye could reach only a few were on the wing but as the carriage stopped before the closed gates fat yellow bodies came blundering against the canvas curtains or fell plumply against the blinkers over the mule's eyes si Maeddine got down from the carriage and shouted with a peculiar call there was no answering sound but after a wait of two or three minutes the double gates of thick grayish palm wood were pulled open from inside with a loud creak for a moment the brown face of an old man wrinkled as a monkey's looked out between the gates which he held ajar then with a guttural cry he threw both back as far back as he could and rushing out bent his white turban over Maeddine's hand he kissed the seedy's shoulder and a fold of his burnous half kneeling and chattering arabic only a word of which victoria could catch here and there as he chattered other men came running out some of them negroes all very dark and they vied with one another in humble kissing of the master's person at any spot convenient to their lips politely though not too eagerly he made the gracious return of seeming to kiss the back of his own hand or his fingers ere they had been touched by the welcoming mouths but in reality he kissed air with a gesture he stopped the salutations at last and asked for the said to whom he said he had written sending his letter by the diligence then there were passionate jabberings of regret the said was away had been away for days fighting the locusts on his other farm west of amuali where there was grain to save but the letter had arrived and had been sent after him immediately by a man on horseback this evening he would certainly return to welcome his honoured guest the word was guest not guests and victoria understood that she and leila mabarka would not see the master of the house so it had been at the other two houses so in all probability it would be at every house along their way unless as she still hoped they had already come to the end of the journey the wide open gate showed a large bare courtyard the farmhouse which was built round it being itself the wall on the outside no windows were visible except those in the towers and a few tiny square apertures for ventilation but the yard was overlooked by a number of small glass eyes all curtained as the carriage was driven in large yellow dogs gathered round it barking but the men kicked them away and busied themselves in chasing the animals off to a shed their white-clad backs all religiously turned as si Maeddine helped the ladies to descend behind a closed window a curtain was shaking and mabarka had not yet touched her feet to the ground when a negress ran out of a door that opened in the same distant corner of the house she was unveiled like leila mabarka's servants in algiers and with fafan she almost carried the 
tired invalid toward the open door victoria followed quivering with suspense what waited for her behind that door would she see sadie after all these years of separation i think i'm dying moaned leila mabarka they will never take me away from this house alive white rose where art thou i need thy hand under my arm victoria tried to think only of mabarka and to wait with patience for the supreme moment if it were to come even if she had wished it she could not have asked questions now End of chapter 23